You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome everybody to a very special Keithless 90S. What do we talk about, Scott? Uh, we talk about Marvel Comics' recent foibles. We talk about the Punisher series on Netflix. Then we talk about the TV series The Wire. Hmm. Then we continue into Star Wars Episodes 2 and 3. Listeners, I'm so sorry. We talk about the new Voltron, and then we talk about King Kong versus Godzilla. All this and more. Today's 90s. Finally, after all of that, we are actually This is like our third podcast today. We lost the first two. Well, high yeah, energy. Maybe at three podcasts worth of sitting around and me fucking with audio devices because we are Keithless today for I think what is the first time in the history of the 90s. Yeah, he has quit 90s. He's quit uh, 9to5.com. Moved on to Montreal blog. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be seeing a lot of them on lots, your Facebook feed. Lots of, lots of that, you know. And do you know Montreal Blog is featured in Google News? Like, if you click on News, Google, it, Montreal, it's all MTL Blog. Somehow that, that like, almost, it, like, works for me in this, like, sad <laughs> kind of way. You go, like, you're, like, the kind of person who's going to Google the stuff that Montreal Blog is posting about, and now you're going to get it. They have the most typos. Forget the garbage content. They're, yeah. They're, they're actual editing. I don't know. I can't. Terrible. They're, they're, that's all the web is, right? It's content. And if your content is garbage, what is the point? I mean, spell check. Yeah, that would that would help. They're they're supposed to be journalists, and they do lots of there 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 errors. And I have to admit, many of the criticisms which are being levied currently against these people might also be legitimate ones against our website. I mean, we have had plenty of spelling mistakes, time or another. I think we just got in trouble with Apple for swearing too much. <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking Apple! I fucking love them and. Do you, though? Because I fucking don't. I'm holding my brand new iPhone here. It's yeah. shiny and is it a, Is it like a new one? It's a 6 Plus. I don't know. Is that new? The, Where are the Apple? They're at they're, 9, aren't they're they? They're at the 8s and 10s right now. Uh-huh. They skipped 9. 9 doesn't exist. Why? You pick the one number that doesn't <laughs> actually exist. I don't, I don't know why. Um, no, the, the, I wanted a Plus. The 6 Plus was the first and cheapest of them. Right. But it's much bigger. The whole screen is bigger than my old phone so. how does it compare to my samsung i feel like it's probably about the same you know there was a almost point, exactly the same do you remember yeah. in like 2001 or 2002 it used to be that um apple had their chips made by motorola and they switched over to the exact same intel amd whatever's and then there was yeah. like you're not buying anything different with your extra money has that happened with cell phones do you think they're just like the exact same thing on the inside between the google and the apple devices and they they just maybe, maybe. i don't know Hardware does not concern me much. I'm a completely devoted to ease of use now. Right. And because I started with the iPhones, I'm pretty much stuck to them. I'm at that point now where I'm too old to. That is out so new not true, Scott. This is how you keep your brain fresh as we descend <laughs> into old age. Is you got to keep on learning new shit. I can learn new shit on my iPhone. Right. <laughs> I did download Duolingo. What, yeah. What are you doing? I've been doing German lessons for a while. Uh, I was. Thinking about starting up Spanish again, because that's what I was doing before, but yeah. I've been actually thinking about Russian, because that was a, when I was studying history, there was a lot of my hmm. interest focused on Russian. So It's a fascinating country, man. Yeah. In the news a lot, uh, you know, so it's topical. Oh, God. I, I don't want to talk about the news today. <laughs> <clears throat> I've actually got a story to, to start with. Go. Marvel Comics has recently announced a new editor-in-chief for their comics. Okay. And there's controversy. Does does hold on? Does editor in chief of Marvel Comics mean that you're kind of like the the in in charge of the storylines? Yes. So that it's like it's like the overseer. Yeah. In of terms of publishing, basically the boss. Right. There are some limits there because um, you know they can't kill Spider Man and the X Men, yeah. and they've got to deal with with Marvel shareholders, shareholders, and creative and the film Disney Studio stuff. Right. Right. All right, so to get to the core of this story, we right. have to go back to last April. Okay. <clears throat> and up until that point, Marvel Comics had been 
reintroducing and reinventing a lot of their superheroes. Mm-hmm. So they introduced the Miles Morales Spider-Man right. That's into the, the main Hispanic Marvel Universe. Spider-Man? Is that half Hispanic, half black. Okay. That was in the Ultimate Spider-Man. They brought him into the, the main universe. Hmm. They had a female Thor. Okay. So Jane Foster became Thor instead of um, old s- Thor. Uh, the, the main Thor. So she got the right. hammer, turned into Thor, but was was a woman. Huh. Um, Amadeus Cho became the Hulk. So it was an Asian Hulk okay. character. Um, and Falcon became Captain America. Right. So a black Captain America. Okay. Uh, as this happened, they I, also... I feel like I might have read about this. People criticizing the like hyper-diversity to the max. Right. Marvel. Yeah. Mm. Uh, as this happened, the Marvel Universe got destroyed by Jonathan Hickman, the writer. He actually destroyed the universe, did another Secret Wars. Big, crazy storyline. Everybody dies. Everybody dies, and everything gets recreated, and different worlds getting smashed together. It was a really complicated mess. It's, was it good? Some people liked it. But sales were down. Right. Then a Marvel executive, the um, senior vice president of print sales and marketing, whose name is David Gabriel. Okay. Hi, David. Said to a group of retailers um, that the new superheroes may have caused a slump in comic book sales. Okay. And then... You know, you can kind of understand that. And then he said, diversity is probably to blame because most people want to read about white superheroes, which is not a thing you want to ever say out loud. I don't think you wanted to say that, but he, I mean, like, you kind of understand what he might have meant, right? Like, he might just be saying, like, look, 95% of our audience is in the white male age 15 to 30 range. And if you're like... Or you could just say maybe the new isn't working. People want to stick to their legacy character. I feel like there are many different diplomatic routes to take with this particular one. you think that an executive in charge of sales and marketing might think about words tact you know yeah how to how to phrase things yeah um so that broke, raised a lot of questions marvel said no they stand by their diversity initiative but they're going to work to have everything integrated sure kind of a, a smear like a like an inky smudge on the company's idea of diversity mm-hmm. um the editor of marvel comics alex axel alonzo was um came to a mutually beneficial agreement meaning that he probably got fired mm-hmm. from being editor-in-chief of marvel comics and they named a new guy cb sibulski uh okay. as the editor-in-chief do we like cb sibulski well cb sibulski had not worked as an editor at marvel comics for a long time mm-hmm. because he had been tasked to go to china for the last five years and work on marketing and talent recruitment there he for the huh. longest time was their talent recruiter uh, at conventions, he would be the guy you go see to show your scripts or pages to. Good eye for that. Good at that job. Okay. Um, speaks Chinese and Japanese, so was a good guy oh, to, to send over there. Yeah. Uh, and had worked on a few comics before getting that job. It came out today, yeah, the 18th of December, that while he was an editor at Marvel Comics, okay. he also posed as another person altogether to write comics for Marvel Comics, to get paid as this other person. Twice. Which, yeah, to get paid twice, which he was not allowed to do. As, Is he as a superhero? No, because uh, the person he was posing as was uh, Akira Yoshida, a Japanese man. So Akira Yoshida just does not exist? Does or? not exist. Was always very white, very American, C.B. Sabolsky. Huh. Uh, he wrote a bunch of comic books... Uh, that kind of hinged on his being Asian. He was often lauded as being able to write Asian stories for an American (laughs) audience. Okay. Um, Wrote a bunch of stuff about ninjas, a bunch of Wolverine and Kitty Pride and Elektra stuff having to do with stories in Japan. Um, Has he been writing like only in the contemporary era or is, is this like going back a decade or something? Yeah, this would be about a decade ago. Wow. So, And he's been writing this whole time? No, no. So he okay, wrote okay. for like a couple of years as this other person. Right. Other Marvel people covered for him saying, oh, yeah, I've met Akira. We've worked together. Oh, never, shit. Never happened. <laughs> um, is kind of racist to, to do that, to be posing as 
Asian as a selling point for the comic. I mean, yeah, there's some deception inherent with with what's going on there. Sure. Right. Yeah. Hot new Japanese writer. Marvel is very diverse with their writers. I mean, you could you could uh, you know there are people who could make the argument that that it's cultural. You know, you don't necessarily have to be Japanese to be a Japanese person. Probably the Japanese wouldn't say that, but I feel yeah. like the Jap- the country of Japan wouldn't say that. No, not not for a second. But anyway, uh, so f- skipping the ethics of getting paid twice and hey, hey, hey. Them if he if he got if his employee reviews were sterling at his two separate jobs, I think he deserves two salaries. Maybe maybe not the deception point though. That's pretty pretty yeah. rough. Yeah. And now, uh, this came out and Marvel addressed it internally about six months ago and they said oh we've we've taken care of this we've dealt with this by promoting him to by the... promoting him to the biggest job <laughs> in the publishing okay uh, some people are saying that's the punishment mm, I, I don't know taking over Marvel Comics as, at a time when sales are critically Plumbing. slumping yeah um, but also uh, kind of um, kind of a shitty image thing for, for Marvel Comics totally Sobolski, uh made his initial statements once it became public knowledge to a website called Bleeding Cool, okay, which is owned and run by a guy named Rich Johnson. Okay, uh, Bleeding Cool is kind of a like a comics focused website, news stuff. Yeah, I think I've been there a few times. CB Sobolski and Rich Johnson are, are buddy buddy. They've been friends for years. Mm-hmm. So he's breaking the story to his friend, to his journalist friend that is going to throw underhanded softballs at him. Yeah. Until the Atlantic published a huge story on it and he had to release a big statement right. about it. And uh yeah, well, hold on. Did... How how did the Atlantic's piece spin all of this that there was like like a direct Marvel cover up of this guy deceiving everybody to hide his racist whatever? It, well, the, the, you, you the, could go different angles at this, right? The title of their article is The Secret Identity of Marvel Comics' Editor. Uh, the byline, C.B. Sobolski admitted he wants to use a Japanese pseudonym and fake backstory in order to write comics. Why his actions and the company's muted response are troubling. Right. Don't pretend to be Asian yeah. if, you're, if you're not. Don't, don't use that as part of your backstory as to why, you know... Or his backstory is shitty, too. It's <laughs> like, I... I grew up reading American comics and they had such a profound effect on me. I'm like, you fucking dude. Wow. Like it wasn't just like lying by omission. This was wasn't like just direct, like Stanley yeah. shortening his name because his real name was Stanley Lieber, which was kind of Jewish and he didn't want to right. like, he was just changing his name to something that would be a little more accepted. He was actually banking on it and, and changing his own, creating an entire history for this fictional right, right. person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like willful, intentful deception involved with this. It wasn't just lying by omission. In a weird yeah. cultural appropriation kind of way. Yeah, right at Marvel, the biggest company doing this. The biggest. One of those, like a huge media enterprise banking heavily on multiculturalism. It's a, it's a great story. I'm, yep. I'm excited to see how it plays out. That's pretty intense. There's other big news for Disney, right? Didn't they just acquire Fox? Or is it? Yeah, they yeah, purchased Disney. 20th Century Fox. <laughs> the whole thing. Before we get started, can we just say, our overlords at Disney, can you please make some more Futurama now? Yeah. Just just do that. A little bit, a lot of it, or all of it would be great. You know, I'm not, I'm not super excited for this whole thing. There's a lot, a lot of eggs in that basket, and the, they're going to make their own streaming video service, right? It's going to yep. be Disney, Fox, Marvel, all that stuff. Cool. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's only going to dilute. You're going to have to pay more now for your digital services, right? I, like, I, I pay for Netflix. Do I also want to pay for Disney all the time? I don't know. <laughs> I switch back old. and forth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess you don't have a choice. And Disney knows you don't have a choice. And the yeah. children of America are going to demand the Disney Channel. If they charge 25 bucks a month for it, you're going to have to pay it. Well, you know, if they make it easy access to, like, Gargoyles and DuckTales and no, there's the Disney no... Catalog. Are you kidding me? Those are the, ass- they're the assholes who will still release, like, their, their, their Blu-rays and shit only when they're, you know, on p- specific cycles. You can't always get all Disney content. Oh, people don't buy that stuff anymore. No, I know, but, like... That, that they did that for how long? Ten years, twenty yeah. years? The VHSs, oh, no, like, you'd only have them available sometimes. The like Disney fuck you. Vault. Yeah, the Disney Vault. So those are the guys who are going to be running the next streaming service. Ah. 
don't know, man. I don't care. Really? Oh, if they're they own two two TV channels now, right? I don't know. Do you, I don't I don't watch TV anymore. Like which? What do you mean? Fox Media and ABC. Right. Wow. Right. Like. Yeah. That's that's a lot of television. That's more than enough to challenge Netflix. Do you think that they would get into straight regular TV production? They might. Eh? I mean, plus the Disney Channel, right? Like, yeah. That's that's a big cable network. That's fine if they want to do digital streaming with three TV channels and two giant movie studios. Fuck, you know what they cool. could do? They could just turn all of that shit off of every broadcast TV station and say, "Nope, we're an internet-only company now," and harvest all of the the profits from all three of those branches. I mean, I think simultaneously, I think they're perfectly happy to double dip. Yeah, play it on TV and then sell it to you again right. on your streaming service. <laughs> That's fine. Right. But I mean, that's just because there are people like us that don't have cable television. Get us one way or the other. If we want it, it's like what we wanted from HBO forever. Still, still want. Well, you can get HBO now without a cable package. In Canada? I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. HBO right. Go? HBO Go. It's only in the States. Okay. Yeah. Because I would, I would happily give them 15 bucks a month for all of the HBO. HBO content. Like, fucking... You could keep watching that forever. So why why not let Disney do it? I'm okay with it. I guess because Disney is so big. There's just yeah. so much. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Disney, Marvel, Muppet, Studio, Fox. And and remember, this isn't just the old Marvel, right? This is like the supercharged Marvel. Because now we're going to have X-Men in our Marvel movies. Oh, God. There's going to be. Spider-Man in the. No, Spider-Man is Sony still. Oh, right, it's right, right. X-Men yeah. and yeah. Fantastic Four. Yeah. I mean, I guess Deadpool they've, they've, they've run. <laughs> Deadpool by Disney. It's going to be great. It's awesome. And a Fantastic Four movie that's not going to be god-awful. Uh, do you think that's even possible? I, I I don't know if it is, dude. They're Silver Age heroes. I mean, yeah, it's totally possible. Just... They can throw Captain America and Spider-Man at it. Yeah. Put Wolverine in the movie. It'll I guess that's fine. a good point. And they're going to sync well with the Guardians of the Galaxy space type of stuff, right? Because right? weren't they always mixed up into that? Yeah, yeah, they can have Galactus finally challenge the Marvel Universe. It'll be right. great. A yeah. Thing and the Hulk could fight each other. It'll be fantastic. It'll be so good. I don't know, man. So I, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Did we talk about this? I might have only watched it bit. in the last week. And I don't, like it was fun. Same thing with Thor Ragnarok. Like like I'm reflecting back on both of those movies. And they're they're at the pinnacle basically of of the Marvel movies, right? They're yeah. doing stuff better than they ever have before. And they they both they just feel like big fun Saturday morning cartoons and I just might be yeah. running out of the patience for that. Like there's nothing they're they're so candy shallow films, you know? It's just fun action. They're going to go and do their things. Everybody's going to have some laughs. And that's fine, but how many times can you do that? We've done it 20? Well, 28? I mean, yeah. the, the last two Captain America movies were pretty dark and heavy. Yeah. I like mean, Civil War was pretty dark. The Winter Soldier was very dark. They're still dark and heavy for a Marvel action film, right? They're not dark and yeah. heavy. They're not like a serious... No, they're yeah. not like the New Mutants movie. Have you seen the trailer for this? No. Oh, my God. It's a horror movie. It's fantastic. Uh, you know, I don't know the first fucking thing about the New Mutants. Uh, so, in the early 80s... Someone was like, hey, Xavier's Institute for Higher Learning is, is supposed to be a school. Right. Wolverine and Storm and, and Colossus, they're not students. And they were like, oh, yeah, let's grab a bunch of kids who are just going to go to school to learn to use their powers and not actually be superheroes. And have, like, fun adventures, LA Goonies kind of thing. Terrifying adventures where they fight evil spirit bears and have nightmares painted by Bill Sienkiewicz. Huh. It's an amazing comic book. My favorite character in comics is in is from the New Mutants, and uh, they're going to make a movie of it. And I was like, "Cool, okay." The movie is a horror movie. It okay, is, it is a bunch of kids who are mutants who go to this school and don't know each other, and they're all freaking out. And one of their kids is a werewolf. The other one has the powers to make your nightmares become real. <laughs> and it's it's treated and it's filmed as a horror genre film. And I'm so excited for it. That's excellent. Yeah. It looks like they saw Logan and they were just like, we don't have to make superhero movies. We can fuck around with the genres. People have been saying that for a long time. That they start Fox was doing it. Yeah. Man. 
Yeah, it looks the trailer looks amazing. Once we finish recording, I'll show it to you. Yeah, 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 totally. It's great. Huh. And uh, Marvel Studios is all over the place now, right? Like they've got so many shows on television right now, right? Legion, Runaways, The Gifted, and Agents of Shield. They just put out a number two um, series that I feel like we haven't talked about yet. Or um, Punisher. Punisher. Then then there's the Marvel Netflix movies, right? Uh, have you watched Punisher yet? I have not, and I, I I don't know, man. I watched the first episode, didn't didn't quite click for me. Do you like the Punisher as a character? Not really. Yeah. It's pretty it's simple stuff. Hard sell. Like, is this is this really the time to be putting a character who runs around murdering people as a vigilante on TV? I mean, do they address that at all? Like, no. this happens. People are, like kids go crazy these days. No, they don't address that at all, and they don't talk about um, gun control or any of that okay. either. Yeah. It's it's non-factor in the plot. Um, it does a lot of like PTSD soldiers coming back from war kind of stories. Right. Um, a lot of people that I've read complaining about it say it humanizes Frank Castle too much. Well, which that... is weird <laughs> yeah. for a show that's essentially uh, thirteen hours long. You can't just have him walk into buildings and shoot people for thirteen hours. That would be awful. Pretty boring. Also. You know, he is actually a character, not just a a backdrop. Do, do they humanize him well? Yeah, he's hysterical. Hysterical and the Punisher. Go on. Um, the one scene I'm referring to particularly okay. is he is driving cross-country with Microchip, his partner in vigilantism. Mm-hmm. They're not really friends, but like one of them is a techie guy, the other one is a soldier guy. Right, and Frank is driving, and he's he's like, "Pass me that that ration." So Micro rips open his Ziploc bag, pours some water in it, stirs it a little bit, hands it to Frank. Frank mm-hmm. starts to eat the army mush. Right. Um, Micro then opens up a bag, pulls out a Tupperware, pulls out a delicious-looking roast beef sandwich on baguette, <laughs> and Frank has the spoon hanging out of his mouth, and he looks at him, and he's like, "Where did you get that?" He's like, "I I made it." You mean you made it, Frank? We had all this stuff in the fridge. I, 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 made, <laughs> I knew it was going to be a long ride. And then Frank just kind of rolls his eyes at him, glowers, and keeps driving. And it's like a nice little scene of like humanizing real a little human bit, beings interacting a little bit with comedy. each other. Yeah, a, a guy who would not pay attention to his food, but also was kind of like, "Can I have a sandwich, please?" <laughs> they don't address it. It doesn't come back up. They're not playing it for st- slapstick, but it was like. A real moment. Yeah, they had this this moment to breathe, hmm. and that happens a lot. And it was good. I was I was prepared for it to be shitty because Defenders was completely forgettable, and Iron Fist was a mess. Goddamn nightmare. Yeah. Of yeah. Cultural. Okay, but so so this was good. It was like like worth. It was the, good. I I yeah. watched all of it happily. Um, every episode had action in it. Where would you put it on a if you had to rank all of the various Netflix seasons? Third. Third after. Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones, and Daredevil one, right? Then the Punisher, then Daredevil two. Oh, so Punisher over um, uh, Luke Cage. Luke Cage, yeah. Yep, I love Luke Cage. Luke Cage has some flaws in it, and the flaws are like the last four episodes of Luke Cage. Yeah, it kind of goes off the rails. Well, it's just the showrunner didn't realize that uh, Cottonmouth was the better villain, Hmm. and yep. He, if you haven't seen it, no, spoilers, no, but yeah. he dies in like episode eight. Mm-hmm. Way early. Way, way too early. And he could have died at the end of the season and like had the, the politician and Shades become the new kings and have that like as a looming problem. Right. But they didn't. They just kind of kept going after that. It was really weird. They have this kind of fondness. All of the Marvel, uh, the new Marvel cinema stuff has this this problem kind of that they feel like they have to murder their villains all the time yeah you know and it's like kind of more of a traditional thing in comics anyway for guys to get away they get tied up and thrown in a shitty jail that's not going to keep them in prison but that's you know the good guys have to do it because they're the good guys and amazingly the pressure doesn't kill them really <laughs> he's, the, he's the one the one guy who manages to restrain his murderous fist yeah huh Okay, well, I'm, I'm certainly a little more tempted to actually go and check it out. There was like a don't, don't forget, like it is basically a big action movie. 
every episode. I, right. there's, there's, there's a shootout. There's guns. There's stuff exploding. Hmm. It's very violent. If if you're not into that, like murdering a lot of people on screen, it's hard to watch. This actually works works perfectly for me because there's a new version of Door Fortress out, so I've got that going on one screen. And if there's murder <laughs> on the other screen, that's okay because it's only half of the, the uh, attention. Yeah, no, the character development is great. There's there's a plot that actually develops from start to finish. Like, hmm. it's not the wire in no. terms of television, but it's it's good, you know. It's not Iron Fist at all. I'm happy so. you brought that up because I want to talk about The Wire. I've been watching this with um, with Debbie. She had never seen any of The Wire, and so we did season one, and she loved it. And we're on season two now. And I gotta I gotta admit, it's been a rough go. Like the season two is it's, it's muddy. It's it's very muddy. But that's not really what bothers me. There's like there's no heart to any of this. Like I don't really care about you know, the cops are the good guys, so you know, you do kinda care about them, but they're really not the focus and I don't think that they generally are in the wire, you know? The um like in the first season you're you're watching uh what's his name? The kid uh the good one. Yep. Yeah, he's like falling apart and you know, there's like you kinda like buy him him whereas you have Frank Sabotka in season two and I just I don't I didn't buy a word out of his mouth. Like I don't know if it was Chris Bauer you know, like his dialogue was terrible for sure. The like the the dialogue they gave to all of those longshoremen was just like un unreadable. But um like Ziggy was terrible, Frank Sabotka's really not very good. And um Ziggy's a terrible character. Terrible. He's like written badly. He acts stupid. You don't believe anything that he does. He's like the actor that they got for him. His body is just not right in the role of like this big tough longshoreman. You know, like yeah. it just, I don't, I don't get it. But, and, but like, I feel like the whole, the whole world has collectively acknowledged like, okay, season two is kind of the rough one in the wire. And we're going to, we're going to just remember that, it, you know, three, four are insane. Season one is incredible masterful piece of cinema or TV. Um, but it's a rough go. You know, I don't mind it. I just think it doesn't deliver in the same way yeah. that yeah. the seasons around it do. So people's expectations were radically different. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if it colored the development true, of the true show. True Detective, season yeah. two. You know, it's not season one at all. Yeah. It's just like, we're doing something very different. I feel like The Wire season two is that same thing. Like, they want to talk about crime. They want to talk about Baltimore. And I think they just kind of, like, flip out. Yep. You know, in a sense... Uh, I like that you brought up True Detective because they they do they're, they're they're like okay we had a big success with the first season we're gonna we're gonna try and explore a different angle to it right yeah. and then The Wire season three and four are like straight back to the hood with the yeah. same characters and it's more focused on them in a sense like maybe it scared them out of doing different stuff and then when season five rolled around they're like okay we're gonna do something different it's gonna be all about the news and then they, it didn't work either and that's where the <laughs> show died I gotta wonder if True Detective they might end up doing the same thing they're gonna go back to the exact same format of the first bordering season. on the supernatural yeah exactly like i I'm, i don't understand why did they not pursue that they they put this wonderful cthulhu i'm on true detective now they put this wonderful like cthulhu mystery you don't know if there's supernatural stuff going at on at the very maybe. least it's culty yeah, yeah and and even in the final shots of it right like you have a portal to another world opening that's very likely the, like a drug flashback but maybe, maybe it's not maybe and then they just fucking give up on it for season two yeah I don't like the world deserves an intelligent Cthulhu mythos show that isn't heavy handed with it, doesn't have rubbery aliens, and is just like madness in our characters, you know? Yep. Why is that not there? Why? I don't even know why it was still called True Detective. It should have just been a new show from the makers of True Detective. Yeah. Something else. Like season two, you mean? Yeah. 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 You know, they. I think it suffered a little bit from from like first book itis, where you have your whole life to write your first book, yeah. and you have a year to write your second one. And well, they, you know what, the Duffer Brothers stuck the landing with that is true. Too. They also they took a lot less risks. They they said we're going to keep this going. You know, they could they could have done a completely different group of kids. They could have done. God, yeah, I mean, you know, that would have been awful. Would it have been? Like. Make it all about the the jerk kids from the, <laughs> the first season, like the redheaded one and the kid yeah, with the freckles, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steve's friends. 
Oh my god, I live in so bad. <laughs> hey, no. look, we're actually likable, normal people. Like, no. Okay, no, but or, may- or the kids that tried to uh, push Mike off the cliff. Yep. <laughs> About them. And then the third season could have been them all together having a happy friendship adventure. Anyway, whatever. Uh, they could have. They could have fucked it up. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it's not working for me. Um, the wire and. Season it's it's a slog. It is. it is. Season three gets back to Stringer and Avon and and the new super villain. What's his name? I fucking I don't remember it. You know what I'm talking about? They like he becomes the new um, the one that Barksdale and and Stringer are working against. Uh yeah the other the other guy anyway big drug dealer yeah I thought he was excellent. I don't know. Do you have new uh, do you have new movies to talk about? I have old ones that that make me terribly sad. Hit me. Okay, so um, in preparation for going out to see the new Star Wars, Debbie and I are getting caught up on the old Star Wars, which she had never seen, and so we had to endure the the tragedy of Episode Two and Episode Three this weekend. That's a solid one-two punch. It's, um, you know, I had I had some fond memories. I don't think I'd watched either of them since they came out in theaters, and I had some sort of like, oh, you know, they were a little better than the Phantom Menace, and maybe uh, maybe they were more fun, and they're just. It's like torture, you know? The fucking dialogue <laughs> is miserable. The special effects have not aged well. And even to begin with, I think they were they were poorly executed. Well, you talked about Jake Lloyd last episode oh, and how he was insufferable. He was. Uh, what's and his then, name? Hayden, Hayden Christensen. Christensen. You know, in, in episode two, he is easily the worst thing of that movie. Every line of his dialogue in the way that it's delivered makes you wish he was seven years old. Yeah. Well, you know, but then he'd be Jake Lloyd. I, I think they both of them were given miserable dialogue, and with then, miserable direction, and then miserable direction, and they're they're directed like a like a fat guy in his fifties thinks a kid would sound yeah. or a teenager would sound, you know. And then, uh, it's brutal. It is brutal. It, but like, you can look at the kid and be like, well, he's just a kid, and child actors can suck. Yeah, Aiden Christensen is like twenty. I feel like he's done other stuff since then that has shown that he actually can act. Yeah. But didn't he do yeah, yeah, He did a, a weird superhero kind of psychic power movie. You mean um, Jumper? Jumper? Was that him? It was Jumper Push or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It was I, fine. It was yeah. fine in that movie. It was, you know. I feel like these these actors, like Natalie Portman's done good stuff, right? And and yeah. she also looks wooden and terrible in this. Mm-hmm. And like none of it. No, no. How can you put an actor? Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor also is like cardboard. And I don't know. Movie. I actually think he's he's the one bright spot of the whole thing. Like he's he's eager and ready to go. And like I, I feel like he actually invests himself in the shitty dialogue. He's like trying, <laughs> and he, he almost saves some of the scenes. Right, like the final bit. The final bit of episode three is that huge ass stupid lightsaber fight on the lava planet where that where Obi Wan so beats bad. him finally. It goes for so long, and every fucking minute of it is like like a Saturday morning cartoon level of action, you know, where they're yeah, like, yeah. they're on a stupid little floating podium and then a, like a fireball comes out and it zaps them. And right, I want to go back to the, the second movie first. I just, I'm going to finish the thought. The, and, and you can't actually feel like there's a legitimate risk to any of these characters when they're inhabiting a Saturday morning cartoon world. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's so toothless every inch of the whole experience. Go ahead. Sorry. The, one of my least favorite scenes in all of the Star Wars movies is in the second movie. Yeah. And that's where Anakin and Padme go on that spy mission to the assembly line of droids. Oh, it's 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 so long. It's 10 minutes of them on an assembly line for nothing. Nothing. And they murder a lot of bug creatures. Bug creatures that are only working on an assembly line. It's okay cuz they're cartoons. <laughs> you know, like that's that's and they never mention it and they just they they kill some people who just show up going, hey, what are you doing here? Zap. Yep. And these guys are working for the Republic. They're just building robots, and they're not, like, trying to... That's true, eh? Because at that point, the Republic is the legitimate government, right? <laughs> they just... <laughs> they murder a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Easily, without remorse, and it's not the path to the dark side, because Padme's there, too, and she's just like, whew, thanks. Yep. Like, they weren't doing anything. They were building robots. Like... And and also, this is a super, super long cartoon jumping all over the place, flipping yep. magma, flying out of little oh, canisters. Like how they were making it for the video game. 
Absolutely. The same thing fucking... Um, there's so many scenes like that where they jump on useless wheelie-deelies to roll around from one location to the other, and it's just it's just to put it into a level. Oh, okay. And a, and a, we can't, we can't talk about this forever video. because it's gonna because like this is all well-trod territory. I just so so this is my 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 concluding thought after watching them with Debbie is that if you ever have somebody you love and you want to get them into Star Wars, just don't watch Episode One, Two, and Three. Like it's not worth it. You don't it gain, add anything you don't to gain it. anything to the characters do not become deeper and are you going to miss a tiny fraction of backstory about this stuff maybe but you could have somebody explain to you what happens and then save yourself whatever 6 hours this this nightmare was don't do it yeah no there's nothing there's nothing valuable there there's just stuff that contradicts the later movies and stuff that's discarded as unnecessary do we want to actually rank these things? I actually kind of feel like I do. Yeah. Because they're um they they deserve uh spots of shame. <laughs> I don't know if I if I if it feels like cheating for me to say that I want to put them both on there at the same time. But No, I mean we saw them both. You saw them both recently? Yeah. I I've seen them both. I know Keith really really loves these ones, so it's a good time to put them where they deserve to be without his boosting. Yeah, and this is this is the other thing, right? I mean, okay, I don't, we don't have to do much of this, man, but fucking every one of them right there at the end, written and directed by George Lucas. Like, there is there is nothing. Da -da, da -da, da -da. Yeah. No, please don't do that. And the worst thing you can do about it when you're watching them yeah. is you can see the purity of his vision and why he dislikes the original trilogy so much. So all the garbage things he did when he remade the original series... Yeah is 100% of these three movies. Okay, so I don't have the heart to put them below the room, but <laughs> how does London Has Fallen sound to you? Do you... Like, because you... I actually have not seen that film. Oh, God. And then if we were going to go up and we... Like, if we kept going up, we're at Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Which is is very it's like familiar territory, right? Beloved characters being tragically abused. Yeah, but I'm looking at Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yeah, and I would watch that again. Yeah. <laughs> before watching the original, those two movies. Yep. Uh, Independence Day two. I'd probably watch that again. Yep. Okay. Because no matter what happens, you get Jeff Goldblum <laughs> Goldblooming it muttering and mumbling through his lines it's great. as we do this i feel bad for ewan mcgregor because he worked so damn hard on these things london has fallen oh man that's a real toss Ooh. what about jason Bourne? because he's no jason Bourne was was really boring yeah like you can't you can't forgive that okay well these guys were definitely boring too but but it sounds like jason Bourne was boringer Jason, Jason Bourne was, like, unwatchable. Okay, hold I would, on, hold I would, on. I would not watch that movie again. I'm sure that the mechanic is a total nightmare and absolutely unwatchable, but these ones... You know. No, it's it's a Jason Statham movie where he goes, ugh, you got to kill everyone. Like, <laughs> it's not original, but it's not... Right. It's not bad. It's bad. It's just not bad. Okay. It's so. not upsetting. <laughs> In watching this movie. So are we going to put them below the mechanic? And yeah, Above easily. London Has Fallen? Yeah, I and, would say that. And I would put the third one above the second one. Ooh. Oh, man. That I know. It, I know. It has the no in it. <laughs> and and the child murder. So. Oh, and the child murder. I still... I still have red eyes. Anakin, save us. Eyes glow. Uh, I, 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 I feel like Hayden Christensen's performance is much better. It's he's much less awful in the third one. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe somewhat less awful. That's like, do I want to step in the mud puddle or the slush puddle? All right, we can just Ooh. we can adhere to chrono chronology. I'd rather get a bunch of mosquito bites or stung by a bee. Man. You saw them more recently. You, yeah, you really I would. I would definitely put the third, put the third one? one above the second. I think. I think there's there's probably something to be said for George Lucas learning that he needs to take advice from the first to the second, and that yeah, there there's some elements of direction in the third that are better. But K 
Okay, hold on. General Grievous is an unwatchable disaster. Count Dooku versus Yoda is a nightmare of a sword fight, too. Okay, two above three. And we're going to leave it there because I don't want to dedicate any more time talking about this garbage on our podcast. Fuck you, Lucas. <laughs> so, what are you seeing? Uh, I've seen just like a bunch of TV, not a whole lot of movies lately. No? No. I've watched... Um, all of Voltron, the legendary defender. That's a Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. And is it good? There's four seasons of that already. What? And it is excellent. Okay. Explain what an excellent Voltron TV show looks like. Like, like Avatar, the last airbender, but with robot lions that merge into a giant fighter. Yeah. You know, I've actually never watched a single episode of Avatar, the last airbender. Well, ask someone who likes it how mm-hmm. much they like it. They will tell you about it for hours. Mm-hmm. People who love that show love that show. Yeah. Voltron is great. They got a great voice cast. They built up uh, a serious group of bad guys that have problems. They What's the plot line generally? Um, there's an evil alien empire that has conquered much, most of the known universe mm-hmm. and a small rebellion led by a couple of humans who accidentally find giant robot lions Okay. Um, that were used to fight the evil empire. Um, use them to start fighting back. Mm-hmm. And then they discover that all five lions merge into a giant robot that is super powerful. I feel like this is like um, well-traveled paths. Yeah. Does this I mean, do it good? Netflix and anime have it down. Like all of the stuff they've done in their own produced anime has been really good. Yeah, I don't know. Castlevania didn't work for me. I thought it was like science versus religion and it, there was like no subtlety to this whatsoever i mean it's about giant robots that fight okay an evil okay, galactic okay. empire fair, fair enough subtlety is not what it's going for um okay but it does it well it does it well yeah i i like it a lot wrist likes it a lot it's our like huh we are too tired but not ready to go to bed yet let's watch 20 minutes of, of voltron right it's it's great the last season did a bunch of backstory so it focused on the pilots of Voltron mm-hmm. before the new Rebels came like before 10,000 years of evil galactic empire had come up right it was amazing it was so good hmm. it's like up there with like G.I. Joe renegades for reimagining of, of cartoon properties that I like crazy and it's doing it well again what else I have watched a bunch of Lupin the Third oh yeah yep had never really seen it before. Like the original stuff from the, the 80s? original stuff from the 70s. 70s? Yeah. Jesus. Those are crazy, right? It is crazy yeah. fun. That property should be huge. There's no reason that that didn't become an international success. You gotta wonder about it, eh? Like, as, just as a character, the, like, suave thief guy, with why doesn't team, he have a series? Yeah. With a sharpshooter, a samurai, and <laughs> a beautiful woman as his team of thieves chased by a hapless detective. Hmm. Yeah, so I found this streaming service that I use on my Roku Okay. Tubi. Tubi. T-U-B-I. Okay. It's other Netflix. Yeah, it's another TV channel. Sure. But it's uh, only on a Roku or a, or a streaming Android thing, or you can get it from I, I have it also. on. There's, there's an iOS app. Okay. I can watch it on my phone, too. Um, all of the 80s cartoons, so all of Transformers, all of G.I. Joe, uh, all the miniseries, G.I. Joe Resolute. Crazy. The, the DVD is on there. Uh, Cowboy Bebop is yeah. on Tubi. Uh, Lupin the Third is on on Tubi. Uh, the animated Hellboy stuff is on. Huh, so on it's there. like it's like a Shutter kind of mini ad streaming su- thing. Ad supported. Okay. And the ads are like thirty seconds before the show, so that's all right. I'm a okay with that. Like every YouTube video these days has a has an ad in front exactly. of it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, have enjoyed it greatly. Hmm. Bunch of weird. 80s stuff like my pet monster is on it so i've shown that to my kid a little bit that's awesome yeah i feel like there's a whole bunch of old shows that i'm gonna see an episode of it and all of a sudden i'm gonna remember all of this shit because I, I was yeah. like insane when i was a little kid i would get up at five o'clock to watch cartoons like before uh, they would even come on you know uh yeah. all of the documentaries that left netflix <laughs> on there yeah like that guy who was in that thing was on on tubi now hmm. which kind of makes sense right like a documentary isn't gonna have a long Shelf, shelf life. life of demand. Yeah. How much uh, is Tubi? It's free. It's ad supported. Oh, right. Like, you create an account so you can 
save where you are in episodes, mm-hmm. or you don't, and you just you watch just the watch. ads. It's, it's like um like Crackle a little bit, right, right, right? Except the ads are less invasive. I found that when I'm watching Crackle, sometimes they'll just plop two ads right in the middle of a movie. It's hmm. like, oh, fuck you. Okay, <laughs> that's a little weird. Um, but yeah. Oh shit! I totally have a movie I want to talk about. Good. Fuck! I totally forgot. Mm-hmm. I watched Godzilla versus King Kong. The is it new or the old one? The old one. Godzilla versus. Okay, so what year? Like, like what level of effects? I'm trying to imagine. The like bad for Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let me pull up the the year for this. But this movie was outstandingly awful. Okay. And I don't know what's the timeline for blackface being wrong is Uh-oh. in cinema. But it's definitely way before Godzilla versus King Kong. Well, I don't know. It, it, like some of the old ones, aren't they black and white? Well, maybe not, eh? No, this is 50s or 60s. Okay. Yeah, I feel like they should have known better by that point. Like after World War II? Yeah, definitely after World War Two. Yeah, and nineteen sixty-two. Okay, All right. So <laughs> in nineteen sixty-two, King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, it's really weird to see blackface and know it's wrong, except all the actors are Japanese. Yeah, I was gonna say if this is like an original Japanese production, that might not be the same thing. Do they get a pass? No, no, because it's no? definitely a complete cultural misunderstanding. All of the the, the natives right. on Kong Island. Oh, it's one of those <laughs> black faces, right? Uh, are Japanese, yeah, and that's like a really weird thing for your brain to process. Huh. A bunch of Japanese dudes in in brown face. Okay, okay. So I don't know, man. I, I, I maybe I'm a little more permissive than most people, but like they you, probably did it just with the intention of we want to have black characters here. It's the sixth. I don't know, whatever, man. So was it? Explain. Um, Godzilla is oh the other thing is the Americanization of it is framed with news reports hmm. with white dudes coming on and delivering the news that Japan is under siege and then they cut back to the plot line with all the Japanese actors so it's also ridiculously wedged in there that's crazy it's like they they imported the film and didn't know how to make it like palatable to western <laughs> they figured like oh the only way people are going to watch this is if they're it's like us looking in, you know, yeah. to explain why everybody's Japanese. Okay. Um, Godzilla is always around. He's mm-hmm. attacking Japan intermittently. Then there's an expedition to Skull Island uh-huh. where a group of uh, scientists funded by big business uh-huh. kidnap King Kong. And then Japan is like, you can't bring another giant monster to Japan. So they try to murder him on the open sea. but then uh-huh. they- that fails and he swims to Japan and gets super pissed off and gets super pissed off. <laughs> so he starts destroying to Japan and then they theorize that they're drawn to towards each other because they're natural enemies. Uh-huh. And the first fight is the best thing I've ever seen. King Kong throws a couple of rocks at Godzilla. Godzilla <laughs> shrugs them off and shoots him with fire breath. <laughs> and King Kong burns and runs away because <laughs> he's a big monkey. If you set a monkey on fire, he's going to run the fuck away. <laughs> The costumes are the worst. It's like guy in a looked. suit with a cardboard town around him. But like a bad suit. Mm-hmm. Like an awful rubbery looking suit. The mask they have for King Kong is just the most god-awful thing I've ever seen. It's the 60s though. Oh No, no. It's, not, it's worse than the, the 20s versions of King Kong. Wherever you are, listener, I believe that you should look this up. The 1962 King Kong versus Godzilla. Take a look at the, take a look at the costume. It's so bad. Yeah. Like, and it's like puppeteering, but it's just ridiculous. It looks like a... And, and the little clip you had right there, the, the like hand of the puppeteer falls into the frame <laughs> right there. Like, uh, their fights are all tackling and rolling down mountains. Yeah. Um, Godzilla, for no reason whatsoever, stops using fire breath. Yeah, it's cinema as the theater of the imagination, where the, the film is just so terrible you can't... It's oddly endearing because it's so bad. Mm-hmm. And... I still feel like yeah. it's going to list higher than Star Wars Episode 2 or 3. Again, because it delivers on promises. <laughs> That's... 
for me, that is such a criteria for movies. I feel like in a lot of where we are, mm-hmm. it doesn't like we we like a lot of genre films. We like a lot of like independent or B-rated movies. Yeah. So long as it delivers on what it promises, like it doesn't lie to you yep. about what it's trying to be. Like X Men Apocalypse. That's a bad movie. It is. It, do, it doesn't deliver on anything. Uh, I I have a good idea of where I want to put it. Mm-hmm. Go for right, it. Right below Pitch Perfect 2, right above Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. All the way up above Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. All right. I'm fine with that. Because below that, we start to get Art of the Steel, which is a movie that was okay until the end really lied to you. Yep. Baywatch. Yep. On Stranger Tides and Underworld Blood Wars. And it, King Kong versus Godzilla is much better watch than all of those movies. Sure. I'm uh, totally fine with that. That's where it's going to go, then. And I think that was the night. site in general uh please take the time to like us on facebook we are number nine to five d-o-t-c-c nine to five dot c-c on facebook and uh also follow us on twitter we're at sign number nine to number five c-c on twitter so uh and also be sure to check back on the site for something on mondays probably uh we have zombies and loathing after the bomb usually on tuesdays we have a new comic in 95 illustrated every wednesday a new podcast every week usually on thursday it's either going to be a 90s or a go plug yourselves and on fridays we have fine arts with either sophie and scott and uh you know maybe john will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point too you can only hope all right thanks nine to five dot cc we're not working why should you Thanks for listening.